No matter who you are, things in your life probably aren't going as expected, whatever that means. But the things you are doing right now, no matter what they are, that's your life. It's not a plan B. I'm your host, Madeline Mortensen, and you're listening to This Is Not A Backup Plan. Hello friends, I'm so glad you're here and I'm looking forward to sharing this week's interview with you. I interviewed Sherry Call, who is a musician who has been a fixture in my life having grown up in Utah. And I can remember some of the music my mom played growing up. Like if I heard the song, it would be familiar. But a lot of the people just, I wouldn't know their names. However, that is not the case for Sherry Call. I like distinctly remember knowing who she was from a very young age and knowing some of her music. And so as I got older and joined the internet and got to be connected with a lot of people in Mormonism who had thoughts and ideas that I found very interesting and compelling, I was really excited to get to know more about Sherry beyond her music. And one time she shared a story in a tweet that just stuck out to me and I found so thoughtful and so comforting. And so I knew I wanted to interview her about this story and about what her experience was getting married later in life by Mormon standards, being a single adult through much of her 20s, which isn't old, but becomes kind of old in Mormonism. So I was so excited that Sherry was willing to share her stories with me. And I just know you're going to love this conversation with her. Hey, good morning, Sherry. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to have you. Will you just start out by taking a minute to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Sherry Call, and I am a singer-songwriter. It's something I've loved to do ever since I was a little girl, and I've released 10 albums of my music. I'm a songwriting teacher, and I'm a mom of four, and I live in Utah with my husband and four kids. Yeah. I'm very excited to chat with you. I'm 27. And so in the early 2000s, my mom had her Women of Destiny CDs. And that's where I was first exposed to you as a singer. And then I became like an adult who was on Twitter. And then like you were on Twitter, like being a normal person, like sharing like (laughs) thoughts that I really appreciated. And it was just this funny moment of because when you're a kid, I feel like everyone who does that kind of stuff feels so far away. I don't think I really connected that there were people in my community who had these dreams and these talents that were like sharing their music and I don't know it's just that was just a really fun thing for me to like grow up and be like this person who's like music was an important part of my childhood here she is she's real she's in my community this is so cool oh I love that (laughs) yeah I love it I love that too I felt that way about Twitter (laughs) it's changed a little bit now but it's so different now I really felt like it made the world a little bit smaller. And that's something that I just, I love that. So you touched on this a little bit. And just for context for listeners, something I've been having a lot of fun interviewing people with is what I've been calling ambition journeys, because our dreams, our ambitions, like what we prioritize, it changes as we grow and it changes with different seasons of our life. And sometimes the things that we loved when we were kids, we get to do them as adults. Sometimes we find them applying to our lives in different ways. But it sounds like for you, like you've always been like a musician, like that's always been something that's been a part of your life. Can you tell me a little bit about what that was like for you when you were younger? Yeah, I'll try to give the Reader's Digest version of this. (laughs) But I have loved singing and writing songs ever since really my very earliest memories. It's what I've loved the most. And I really felt like there was this, I don't know, this idea that it wasn't practical. It was like not a practical kind of career or goal 
to have and that it was just but it was the only thing I cared about. So I loved it. I wrote songs all the time, all through high school and junior high school. And I had planned to study music in college and I was going to go up to BYU, but I knew that I needed to do something more practical. And so I was going to do like choral education or something like that. But I really feel like my dreams chased after me for a little bit because when I auditioned for the music major, I passed all the theory exams that are usually really, that's what people usually fail. And my vocal auditions, the people who judged those were the classical music faculty and opera music and that kind of stuff. And they thought that I had a terrible voice. And so I didn't get into the music major. And so just out of just, I couldn't take any other music major classes. I had to drop all of those. And I got into a songwriting class that really changed my life. And I found out about a different major that I could do through there. And I met all of these other friends. And I realized that this is what I want to do for a living. I, I love choral teachers and they've made a big difference in my life. But what I wanted to do is be a singer songwriter and to make my own music. I did that. I've funded some of my own albums. I've done Kickstarters. I've had investors. I've done record labels. I've done all of that throughout my life. You know, for a couple decades, I've been doing this. And I feel like when I first graduated from college, it wasn't that I didn't want to have a family and get married. It's just that those things didn't really work out. I, I don't know. Ideally thought that I could just make all of it work and it would be fine. But a lot of those things just didn't pan out. And then by the time I was really solid in my career, I found that a lot of the people I went out with were really uncomfortable with the fact that I was so serious about it. They wanted it to be a hobby or something that I would set aside. And I think that really caused me to be extra careful and take maybe even longer. <laughs> and I still, by normal standards, I was one month away from my 29th birthday. That's not that old to get married. But in our culture, I think it really is. People were worried. There's so much that I want to follow up with. I think you just hit on such a key thing about people who have creative interests is like being told that it's not serious or it's not practical. It takes a lot of courage to decide this is my passion. This is what I get at. Despite those voices, like I'm going to figure out how to make this work. Can you tell me a little bit about that experience for you? What are things that helped you navigate that and helped you find the like determination and willingness? to do that, even though it wasn't quote unquote practical. I had some people in my life who were really key to that. And one of them was the teacher that I had in that songwriting class at BYU. His name was Ron Simpson, and he just passed away just a couple of weeks ago. But he was a hero and a, a mentor to me. He really made me believe that I could do it. And all the other people who I met in that class, we all had similar goals and we helped each other with our projects. And it was just like a really rich environment for supporting each other. And so I just really came to believe that it wasn't just something I like to do. It was who I was. One of the things that they encouraged us in that class and also another good friend of mine, I used to tell people all the time that I like to write songs. And these two different people encouraged me to say, I'm a songwriter instead of saying I like to write songs. And I really think that changed everything for me. Like to just the fact that I was doing it, it didn't matter at the time that I didn't have a big record deal or that I hadn't done a million things. It was still what I was. And to tell people that made it real. And people believed me <laughs> and they should have because I was really serious about it. And I that was something I would need as the years went on because as anyone can tell you in the music industry, it is a tough business. If you don't believe in yourself, 
no one else is going to care about it as much as you do. You'll have supportive friends and family, but in the end, if you don't care or believe, it's not going to work. Believing in myself helped me convince my parents and my dad, who was helping me pay for college, that it was going to be the right major for me, even though it wasn't practical. I don't know. You have to have that confidence and other people believe you and care when it's real to you. That was something that really pulled me through and kept me going. I love that having the confidence to identify yourself as the thing you are. A memory that like stands out to me is it was my senior year of college and I got invited to be on, I think it was like, it was a women's leadership cohort that the college did where they selected like students to apply and you got selected for it. And then you met with all these other like women on campus and then who were students, but also then women from the community, educators. And the first day we all went around and introduced ourselves and everyone said, oh, I'm studying this. I'm studying this. I'm studying this. And then it got to one girl and she said, I'm Grace and I'm an aerospace engineer. It stopped us all because none of us had felt the willingness to like claim that. And then there she was and she's no, I am. This is what I am. Like, this is what I'm becoming. And it just was very powerful to like watch her have the confidence to say that. Yes, that is exactly it. I love that so much. I love, especially with creative people, hearing what they did to find work. As you were going through this major, as you were graduating, like how did you start applying this skill as something that was a job and was a profession? I really had an interesting path, including doors that closed that kind of led me in the right direction, like doors that opened and closed at various times that led me along this path. There was that In college that I mentioned about not getting into that original major, I had friends in that original songwriting class that I had a friend, Tyler Castleton, who wanted to learn how to produce an album. And I had never done an album before and I needed a producer. And so he did it for me without me paying him anything on that because we were both just students. And then we had a friend, Alexander Jenkins, who was a engineer at a recording studio and he gave us a discount if we'd come like late at night and in the middle of the night when nobody else was recording. And so that's how all those things got started. And I did an indie project. I just scraped my own pennies every once in a while until I got it done over the course of a couple of years, this first album. And then I just played in little cafes and went on little teeny tours of, they don't even have these anymore. I don't think blockbuster music stores and little coffee shops and things like that and ended up getting enough attention that a distribution company started to distribute my albums. And then a local record label, it was a local record label that distributed it. And then that label got bought. Anyway, it's all a long, boring story, but there's just little by little things that happened and the music being a small world, more people and you have opportunities. I ended up getting signed by Deseret Book and did a few albums with them after I did two independent projects. I had an investor, so I, I paid for the first album myself. I had an investor who was interested in investing in my second one. And that was a really fun experience. Deseret Book signed me to their label after I wrote a song for Especially for Youth. And then I did a few albums with them. But one of the reasons why I had an opportunity with them is that the new A&R person there was my friend Tyler Castleton, who I'd been in songwriting classes with in college. I think a lot of times people are tempted to look at people in their profession as competitors, when if you see each other as colleagues and people who cheer each other on, everybody can end up going so much farther and helping each other progress and cheering each other on. I I just really have felt that. I think being positive instead of jealous has been something that's really blessed me in my life. I've seen it 
when I haven't been, how it's caused problems. So I think things like that continue to happen. I eventually was not on the Desert Book label anymore. And I've done a few more independent projects that I've really loved. And I've also gone into teaching. So that's how my career has gone. (laughs) It's really cool. I love that. The reason I was so interested in talking with you, and this is a thread that I read years ago that people were interacting with. And it wasn't an original post that you made. It was a post someone else made. So like, Mm -hmm. I just had no idea how I'd go back and find it. So I will say the gist of what I remembered. But there was a woman in the Mormon Twitter sphere, I think sharing that when she had been a young adult and an older, older by Mormon standards, single adult, she like wanted to buy like this beautiful, like $40 shower curtain for herself. And I have no clue how this person in her life would have found out about it. But like a bishop or a church leader was like, that's ridiculous. That's what wedding registries are for. That's a ridiculous thing to spend money on. And lots of women were sharing nice things they did for themselves as a single adult or nice things they wish they had done that people had shamed them for doing. And I remember you sharing that like your $40 shower curtain was your music. That's what you were pouring your time and resources in. And I don't know if courageous is the right word, but I think for women who grew up in Mormon culture or in Utah culture, spending the time the time that they're waiting, I say that in quotes, to be married, that time doing something that they're really passionate about can sometimes, I think, be hard for people to feel like they have the permission to invest in because what if it doesn't make you as attractive as a wife? Or what if you focus less on it and focus more on getting married? I'm just really curious about like how you were investing that time, what your thought process was, if there were things you were working through, just what that experience was investing that time in your music career. It it meant everything to me. And so it just, any extra money or time I had, I spent on it. When I first graduated from college, I actually worked for Southwest Airlines as a a reservation sales agent. And I had weird hours because that's just how those jobs are. And it was a wonderful place to work in a lot of ways, but I also just felt like a robot answering and asking questions all day. And I would carve out tiny pieces of time, any time that I was at home, even if it was in the middle of the night to write songs. And I feel like I did that the same with my budget of things. I'd buy (laughs) cheap food and not buy a lot of things and any extra money I would just spend on recording or figuring out how to buy a guitar, all these other different things like that. I feel like it would be ridiculous to me to just not do those things. I was going on dates and people were setting me up. Believe me, if you graduate from BYU without getting married, everybody is really worried about you. And they set you up on lots of blind dates. (laughs) And that all of the relationship stuff is a whole other story that I won't get into. But I wasn't like actively avoiding getting married. But I really did want to find somebody who took the things that I cared about seriously. And my parents are divorced. And I think a lot of people feel like children of divorced parents are damaged in some way and it takes them longer to get married. And I don't know. I don't think I consider myself to be damaged. I feel like there have been a lot of challenges that have gone with it. But I think a positive side of all of it is that I could see what would happen, like how you could be happier by yourself than with somebody who didn't have respect for the things that were important to you or in a relationship that wasn't the right kind of thing. So when I went out who like either laughed at the things I was trying to do or really wanted to be reassured that I would give it up after we got married or that I wasn't going to go out on the road or delay having children or not have as many as they wanted, the red flags went up a little bit because I thought this is not going to go away. This is like a really big part of who I am. And I'd rather just wait longer to find someone than to have to 
give all those things up. I knew what kind of person I was and what kind of mom I wanted to be. I definitely wanted kids and I knew that I would make sacrifices, but I wanted someone who would have appreciation for that and also try to help me continue just to be the human that I am and keep working on music and do all of that. Something that made me realize that I found the right person. My husband, Joe, I, I had met him several times over the course of nine years, but Deseret Books sent me on a tour with the group Jericho Road. I don't know if anyone remembers I them. I do know but, Jericho Road. Yeah, they're wonderful. But but I was the opening act for them when I was first getting started. And Joe was the sound guy for that tour. So that was when we started dating and things got more serious. And it was my birthday. And as a gift, he gave me a case for my guitar. And I thought that was really special because it was like this symbol that he wanted to protect my dreams. And I don't know if he thought that deeply about it, but there were other things that he said and did that made me realize that yeah, our lives are going to change when we have a family and we have kids. But this is something that he's still going to protect and look over. And he's going to want me to keep caring about those things. So not only protect your dreams, but for your dreams to go places. You know, if your dreams are going to go places, you mm-hmm. need a guitar case. Your guitar you has to go case, somewhere. Yeah. He saw that the case that I had was all dented up from all the plane flights that I'd gone on with it. And they treat it horribly when it goes through the baggage carousels and stuff. And it was all thrashed and ripped up. And so he wanted to buy me a nicer one that to start fresh. And so it wasn't like, you're not going to need that anymore. It was like, you need a fresh guitar case because you're still going to be taking it places and going everywhere. I love that. That's really special. I just think there's so much wisdom in realizing that like your dreams are part of who you are. And so if you're going to have a successful partnership, that person has to care about your dreams too. And it's okay that they change. It's okay that they change. It's okay that different things have to be prioritized, but you don't want someone who thinks that the solution is that your dreams are just going to be deprioritized or set aside. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, he had dreams too of his own business. And I found that all four of my kids have dreams. Everybody's got dreams and we're all going to end up helping each other with it. And it takes time and sacrifices on every, on the part of everybody. But I knew that I had to have a family that understood dreams. So that's really special. I would love to know, and this can be anything, what has been some of the happiest or funnest surprises for you with like where your career has went, whether it's been like an opportunity or a thing you've learned about yourself or a thing that's happened? Just is there something that you think of as like a happy, fun surprise with where your journey has taken you? This is going to be maybe an unusual answer <laughs> to that. I've had wonderful experiences and I'm trying to pull some of them back into my memory. But to me, like the defining thing about my career, at my age, I'm 49. And I don't know, it all has gone in waves of ups and downs of how a music career is. But I've really learned through some of those deep lows, I've really learned that success equals joy. That is the thing that I've learned that has changed my life. In any career or any aspiration that you might have, there's this falsehood that you're going to reach a finish line or that you'll be able to reach this plateau where you'll be able to definitively say, I am successful. This is the definition of success. And this is where I am. And I've reached it. But I think even people who've won Grammy awards and have top number one albums, they're still looking for what that next thing is that's going to be that will make them a success. The finish line keeps moving. And so you're never going to be happy if you don't figure out how to make success just be the journey that you're on, the present. I I think I spent some years being jealous of other people who 
maybe they were working just as hard or maybe not as hard as I was and got bigger opportunities and I, I had jealousy. Or there's other times when I felt prideful about where I was uh, and thought that I should be given more recognition or things like that. And both of those things just were unhappiness in different opposite ways. And I found that when I cheered friends on who were successful and had good things happen to them, it was so much more of a, I don't know, I, I really believe in karma when it comes to those kind of things. The good that you put in the world comes back to you. Even if that person who you went to their concert, even if they never go to a concert of yours or post about you on their social media, the positivity that you put out there causes it to come back to you in other ways. So I've really found that to be true. And I'm constantly, I still have more dreams yet to go that I'm working on and things that haven't happened yet. But also when I look back and look at where I am, even right now, I see so much joy and happiness in the whole process. And so I think the biggest surprise to me is that working hard for something is something that never, that I love, but also finding joy in the moment has been like a life-changing thing for me. It's been a big surprise that I could have it at any moment, even though I saw it as being something so far away, like a finish line of some kind. That's so beautiful. Is there anything that's come to mind or anything you would want to share that you haven't had a chance to? It sounds like such a cat poster, but it really is that I think the main idea of this whole conversation is that you should believe in yourself. (laughs) It's such a cat poster, isn't it? But also just take as much time as you need. Everybody talks about that you're going to run out of time. And I think sometimes it's true just in the worldly values of things that it's harder for a person who's older or when you're younger, you get in a big rush. I, I have a daughter who is a songwriter and she's 14 and she just has all this impatience and she's worried that she's running out of time to make all of these things happen. And she wants to be better at playing the guitar and she wants to be perfect at everything. And I think being perfect makes her feel like she needs to give up because she feels like it's just not reachable. But right where you are is the right place to be. Like you need to do those tiny things at a time and just take the time that you need. 10 years from now, you're still going to be 10 years older, whether you worked on your dreams every day or you didn't work on them every day. If you were horrible at the thing you were trying to learn to do for the first five years, and then five years later, you were amazing at it. That's better than just being 10 years older without having ever worked on it because you weren't perfect at it at the beginning. So I think it's just um, embracing the now and doing what you can in that moment. I love that. I also just love the idea of taking the time you need because it is really easy to feel like you're falling behind or you should be moving faster and just being like that working on things, letting them take time is not a bad thing. Not everyone gets long lives but like your life is your life and you get to figure things out and you get to take the time and things can happen later than you thought they would things that you didn't expect can happen that's part of enjoying where you're at yeah and i would say don't let other people define what your dream should be i think if anything held me back in my life it it was that the times when i tried to please other people or make it fit into those boxes when i could have had And I did find a way to make my own path that still fit with the way that my life was meant to be in a positive way. I love that. Where can people find you and like your music on the internet? I believe almost all of my music is available on Spotify and Pandora. And I don't know, Amazon Music. I don't know if they have everything, but Apple Music. A lot of those streaming sites have most, if not all of my music. I also have 
a website, sherrycall.com. Every few months or so, I'm not regular about it as I should. I post a blog if people are interested in that. I am probably going to post one in a day or two. If this is of interest to anyone, I've really been um, going through the process of grieving my sister who passed away, and I've been blogging a little bit about that. So if anyone's going through the same process, you might find a friend there in the things that I write. I also post when I do have performances around town and things like that. My kids have had a lot going on, so I haven't had quite as many appearances but it is something that I am still doing. And I something I also love is to do house concerts. So you can find out more about that too. So those are places you can find me. I'm also on threads. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been so much fun. Thank you, Maddie. It was great talking to you. Thank you so much to Sherry for her time. And thank you so much to you for listening. You can find this podcast on Instagram at not a backup plan. You can email me, K at gmail.com. You can support this work on Patreon. Please remember to rate and review. The feedback is helpful and it helps other people find the podcast. I hope you have a great week. And in the meantime, remember this is your life. It's not a plan B.